All right, good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Paul. I'm the lead pastor here. If this is your first time with us, uh, we want to welcome you. We'd love to meet you and uh, just help you get to know our church a little bit better. Today's uh, an exciting day for us for at least a few different reasons. To start, we're kicking off a brand new teaching series today through the book of Exodus called The People of God. Uh, and so we'll talk more about that in just a moment. Uh, be a little bit shorter message today. If you're a short message kind of a person, this is your day. All right, a little kind of a TED Talk day, but uh, we'll get there in a second because I also want to take some time, a few minutes with you right from the top to celebrate some amazing things that God has been doing in our church over the past year, specifically 2023. And uh, we've done this different ways before. We've printed off a sheet of numbers and given that out. That's not always really exciting to people. We've uh, taken a lot of time and printed a number of colorful booklets. We spent a lot of money on that. You look at it for a second and then we throw it all away, right? And so we decided last year, what if we just take a few minutes in our worship service? I mean, we're here to celebrate the one that it truly uh, is for and what he's doing through our church. And so I'm going to take just a short time with you today. I want to share with you some stories, share some numbers uh, with you because, again, we have so much to be thankful for. Our God is good and he is doing great things through you and through through our church family. To start 2023, many of you remember, marked 20 years for Genesis Church. We're 20 years old, uh, and so that's kind of fun. We're excited for that. And uh, if you weren't able to join us Labor Day Sunday back uh, in September at the Emmy Conference Center in Westfield, we had a great Sunday together. Both of our campuses, we're two campuses. We have our Noblesville campus and our Carmel campus all came together in one place, and we worshiped together, we prayed together, and we were reminded of God's faithful work work through our church these past 20 years. Well, I want to focus on 2023 for just a moment. So this is kind of one chapter really in the story, but it's been a really exciting chapter because it's been a really exciting year. So I want to share some fun numbers with you this morning and kind of help you explain what those mean. Every Sunday, we gather as a church at both of our campuses, our Noblesville and our Carmel location, uh, to worship like we're doing today. And in 2023, our combined worship attendance grew by 14% over the previous year. And uh, just in case you're wondering how that plays out, because people will ask, well, how big is Genesis anyways? Well, it works out to be about 864 people on average, uh, both campuses, which translates to about 490 people here specifically at our Noblesville campus. But let me tell you something, that number is growing quickly. It has been growing rapidly these last few months. For the last few months, we've seen upwards of 500 150 people here on a Sunday morning, which may explain why parking's getting a little more challenging at times, and there are a lot of people coming and going. It may uh, explain for why our kids' rooms seem a little fuller and maybe a little noisier. Uh, so many people are enjoying our newly remodeled cafe and lobby. We were able to do that this past year uh, thanks to your generosity. Some of you are actually having to sit in the first few rows of the auditorium now. Like These seats aren't as available as they used to be. Here's what I want you to know, Genesis. This is a good thing. Like, this is a really good problem and a really good challenge to have as a church. I believe God is giving us influence. Uh, he's expanding his reach through our church, through people like you, as you invest in your friends, as you invest in your neighbors and, and your coworkers. Uh, this is a good thing. We're, we're so excited. And I want to just ask you, invite you to keep doing what you do so well. 
uh, introduce yourself to new people when they come on Sundays, and not just when we're here in the room and we spend that couple minutes together, but when you're out in the lobby and when you encounter people uh, in the parking lot. Invite people into your group. If you're a part of a group and you've got space into your group, invite people to come and to join you. If you're able, uh, park away from the main lot and leave more convenient spots you know, for our guests. I, I was just talking with our parking team lead yesterday. He was explaining they could use some more help on our parking team. And so if you've been looking for a place to get connected, you want to serve with some other people here at our church, our parking team can be a great one for that. Eventually, we know we'll have to add a third service, uh, but that's going to require an even larger team, a stronger volunteer team than we have right now. And I know that some of you, if you've been around Genesis for especially the last few years, you might be wondering what's the future of our Noblesville campus, specifically what are we going to do about our facility. We, we lease this space. And we have been praying for a few years now for a more permanent location for this campus, but the Lord hasn't opened the door for that just yet. The good news is, and thanks to your generosity and your giving these past few years, we've been able to set aside a significant amount of money that we did not have previously so that if the Lord opens the door for a property or for a building that we feel like he is calling us to, we're now in a position to act on that and to make a next move, and so we're grateful for that. But in the meantime, this is our home. This is where God has put us, right here on Pleasant Street, and so we're going to serve, and we're going to serve faithfully as long as he has us right here. Let me share a number with you. That next number is the number 18%. Uh, this is 18% of our total worship number. 18% represents the number of kids that attend Genesis on an average Sunday morning in 2003, and that works out to be about 156 kids between both the Noblesville and Carmel campus, and like Sunday morning worship, that number is increasing, and it's increasing quickly. And let me tell you why that matters. It matters because kids matter to Jesus, and kids matter to us as well. We're not just helping people find their way back to God. We believe a big part of our mission is helping children find their way back to God. And so moms and dads, I know that I don't need to tell you that uh, you're the most important disciple maker in your child's life, but our Gen Kids team, our church gets to play a part in that too. We don't do childcare here on Sunday mornings. Our, our Gen Kids team is all about pointing people to Jesus and helping them know and grow in their relationship with Jesus. And so with these growing kids numbers, I think you can imagine that it takes a really large team, and we appreciate all of you that currently serve on that team. We have something like 90 volunteers from our Noblesville campus alone that serve in Gen Kids. 32 of those are students, by the way. Big shout out to our students. Uh, but we need to grow that team and so that we can do everything that we can to serve these kids. And so I want to ask you to prayerfully consider serving with us in Gen Kids. If you took a well-needed, well-deserved break, uh, this could be a good time for you to, to think about jumping back in with us. If you're curious about what happens in Gen Kids and would like to even just explore the possibility, we've got people that would love to connect with you. And so go to our welcome area after the service today. Let them know of your interest, and we'll put you in touch uh, with somebody. Here's another number. This next number is 17 and uh, of our Sunday morning worship, 17% represents the number of students, that is 6th through 12th graders, who are actively involved in our student ministry. Math, there's about 147 students between campuses. And 
I want you to know, and I hope you realize this too, I am so thankful for our student ministry here at Genesis. And I'm a little partial to it because I got a couple of students of my own, but I look out on Sunday mornings and I love watching you lead us in worship. I love that our students are opening their Bibles and studying with us. We have students that are serving here at Genesis. We have students that are getting connected throughout the week with middle school and with high school. And we've got students that are hosting Bible studies on their own. They're inviting their friends. They're baptizing their friends. This is really, really good work that we are so grateful for. And two of the biggest events on our student ministry calendar every year are the Mixed Conference for Middle School Students and the MOVE Conference for High School Students every summer. We sent 42 middle school students to Mix last year, 51 students to MOVE uh, last summer. These conferences have been life-changing in my children's lives, uh, for your kids, for your friends and your kids' friends. And by the way, registration is open for both of these events right now. And so parents, get your kids involved with Mix and Move. And if you need help in that, if we can help get your kid to Mix or Move, we've got the resources to be able to do that. And also my guess is that if you're like me, you can remember a student leader who made a significant impact on your life somewhere along the way. Well, what if God wants to use you in the same way to be one of these leaders, to be one of these influencers in our students' lives? We, we love our amazing GSM team, the men and women that give so much time, like Gen Kids. If you're curious, if you'd like to know more about what it would take and what that would require of you to serve with us in GSM, let us know. Go to the welcome area this morning. Here's another number. This next number is 378. At Genesis, uh, this won't surprise you. We place a high value on relationships and getting connected with other people because we know that it can make a big difference in a kid's life. It can make a big difference in a student's life, but the same is true for us big kids uh, as well. The number 378 represents the number of adults from Genesis that got connected to one of our 37 Bible groups, Bible uh, study groups in 2023. That's a lot of people uh, from our church. We're so pleased with this that are getting connected. Uh, it's a big portion portion of our church family, and, and it's, it is important. I, uh, there's a, a woman from our church that's in the hospital right now. I was with her this past week, and when I asked her about like who was taking care of her, who was reaching out to her, she talked about her family, but she talked about her group from Genesis. She talked about her friends, her dear friends here from Genesis Church uh, that are caring, that are praying for her. Like You and I weren't made to do life alone. Uh, we were meant to be in relationship with one another. You know, being a part of a church family is so much more than just worshiping on a Sunday, as important as that is. It's about doing life together. It's about being in relationships with one another. And that number 378 doesn't include all of the women and men who attended things like the Women's If Gathering last spring, which will happen again this spring, or the Women's Christmas Evening event in November, or our Man event in, in November, and things like our Going Deeper seminars uh, that we offer throughout the year. And by the way, these aren't just random events. We try not to do random events. We don't want to just fill up calendars. But we're trying to be very intentional about the events that we invite people to. We want to help people get connected, but most importantly, we want to help people get connected and grow with Jesus. Let me talk to you about generosity and finances for just a moment. This, this next area is one that I am so pleased and so excited and so grateful for how I see God moving in our church. And I've got a few numbers uh, to share with you in regards to financial generosity. The, the first number is 558. 
Uh, that number represents the number of families and individuals that made a financial gift to Genesis Church in 2023, which we think is really special. Uh, 190 is the number of people who gave a financial gift for the very first time in 2023, which is huge, by the way, because we don't take for granted what it means for an individual to make that first gift in their life or to certainly make that first gift uh, towards a church. And then get this, as a church family, God worked through you in 2023, and again, this is across both of our campuses, and together we gave $2.4 million back to the Lord through Genesis, and that's incredible. All of these are. In fact, let's just stop there for a moment and just celebrate and give thanks. We've said that we want to be a generous church. Our elders have prayed that one of the things that God would do in us over the years is make us into a generous church. I, I pray this prayer. Praise the Lord, Genesis. You are a generous church. Like, like God is doing this work in and through each of us, and it takes all of us. And in case you're wondering at all, what do you do with all those resources? Let me just give you a quick glimpse. To start, we're putting them to use, first and foremost, to help people find their way back to God. All right, that's the mission, and that's what we believe that we've been called to. And so that means investing in two incredible facilities, one here in Noblesville and one over in Carmel, and leasing these facilities is an investment. We lease both of them. Together, it costs us about $32,000 per month to lease our two properties, and that doesn't include all of the utilities, that doesn't include all of the general maintenance. About 50% of our operating budget is for personnel costs and for benefits. And with growing ministries, as you can imagine, like these funds are used to resource all the things that we do, from kids to students to groups and worship, and this just for fun, bagels, which I think we ran out of this morning. You can always tell how many people are here according to the bagels. I thought you might like to know that we went through something like 1,056 dozen bagels this past year. That's a lot of carbs, people, right? You're like God's growing us in generosity and in the, the carb issue we might need to look at. No, I'm just kidding. Like those, those bagels are an important part uh, of who we are because we love what's happening in our lobby and we love people spending time there. But, but here's what's really fun. Of those resources given, it allows us to do something that I think I'm the most proud of. Uh, because of your generosity and giving to Genesis, last year, we were able to give away around $351,000, all right? And I remember, I remember when our elders said, like, what if we could be a church that gave away 10% of every gift that it received well, 351,000 represents 14.6% of gifts received we were able to give in 2023. I think we should celebrate that as well. And here's just a, a brief picture of, of what that allows. And, and thanks to the Lord, what he's doing through you and me and through our church, 351,000 means that we were able to bless local school bus drivers and teachers and other school employees during our Giving Tuesday event back in November. Uh, 351,000 means we were able to provide support and benevolence to hurting people in our church and in our community and even beyond. Uh, 351,000 means we were able to bless ministry partners and missionaries with end-of-the-year gifts through the Christmas offering. And again, that's all on top of that Christmas offering is on top of the monthly gifts and support that we provide to missionaries and partners all over the world. Look at this, these lists. We've got two lists here. 
These are global partners. I'll show you local partners in just a second, but these are the countries that represent the ministries and organizations that we're able to send financial support to. You, you know some of these workers. You know some of these missionaries. You've potentially been to some of these places. We've prayed for these places in our services. We've prayed for these missionaries. They're the local ones as well. Uh, here in Hamilton County, all around Indianapolis, uh, a church plant in Indy, a church plant in Miami, Florida. I love the fact that we're not just focused on helping people find their way back to God in Noblesville and Carmel, but that we also have this opportunity to partner with other kingdom-minded people and organizations that are also helping their people find their way back to God locally and all around the world. And I can't say it enough, we couldn't do it without you. Like it takes every person, it takes every family, it takes every gift to do the things that we do, and not just your financial gifts, but your prayers, you know, your serving, and your support. But most importantly, we couldn't do it without God. Again, he has given us so much favor. He has given us so much blessing. And so this isn't about what we've done. This is about what he's done and what he's doing. And here's what I believe, and I think you believe this too. I believe that if we stay humble, if we'll stay faithful, if we'll stay focused on the things that are most important and that truly matter, if we're prayerful, if we're trusting, and if we'll be obedient, that he's got so much for, more because he's not finished and because he's not finished, we're not finished. Like we're here on this earth. He's put us right here in this community for a very specific reason. And so thank you. Thank you, Genesis, one more time. Thanks for all you do. I, I love serving with you. I love being a part of this church. I love being your pastor. And I'll just add this as well. I, I realize this is just a quick flyover of, uh, of all the things that we do. And so please hear me when I say this. If you ever have any questions at all, we have an incredible leadership team, an incredible elder team, men who are here to serve. And a big part of their responsibility is the financial management of the resources that you give. And so if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me or to someone from our elder team, because we would love and be more than willing to have that conversation with you. All right, let's stop there. You bow your heads with me. Let's just pray, and I want to give thanks. And I want to start with this. I want to give you an opportunity to pray where you're seated. Will you just pray and give thanks to the Lord? Give him thanks for what he's doing in your life, or maybe how he's provided for you, or some of you took a really large leap in 2023, maybe to give, to give for the very first time. Will you thank him for how he's working in your life? And then let's do this as we pray. Maybe there's uh, something very specific. Maybe there's a ministry that you love here at Genesis that you're so grateful for, something that's changed your life or somebody that you love. Maybe there's an organization that we're able to give to and you're just so passionate about that. Maybe it's a person's life who has been changed through our church, somebody that was baptized. We just pray and thank the Lord, whatever that is specifically. Thank him for the people that he's sending. 
Thank you for the locations that he's blessed us with. Thank him for 20 years of faithfulness. Your word, Lord, says give thanks in all circumstances. I'll be honest, it's a lot easier to thank you when things are going well. But you have. You've been so faithful uh, to our church, and we're grateful for that. We thank you for lives that are being changed of every age here in our church, for people that are getting connected and relationships that are being formed. We thank you, Father, for the resources that you've provided that allow us to do the things that we do and even for your preparation for the future, whatever that holds, Lord, how you've prepared us for whatever might be next. And when that time is right, Lord, we're trusting you to open the door, to lead us through it, to give us the courage to go through it. Thank you for the ministries that we're able to support here locally and around the world. Some of them are in some really, really, really difficult places and circumstances right now. And we pray you continue to provide for all of their needs. But God, help us to keep our eyes fixed on you. And even as we get ready to start this new series today, the people of God, Lord, to, that you're just going to use, Lord, we pray these next few months to help us better understand who you are, who we are, this church and what you want to do in our lives and through this world. And so we thank you. And we're trusting you for what's to come, and we're trusting you for this year. Thank you for being such a good provider. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, today we are beginning a study in the book of Exodus. If you've got a Bible with you, I'd invite you to take it to turn to the second book of the Old Testament. Uh, it's right towards the beginning. Uh, Exodus, in fact, is, in fact, the second book of the Bible. And so uh, we've got Bibles in the back of the room. If you don't have one, we'd invite you to take one and make your own copy. If you follow along on your phone, that's fine. But I think it's great for everybody to have a Bible. And when we study through a book of the Bible like this, I'd encourage you to bring your Bible with you on Sunday morning. Let me just give you a little background first uh, on the book of Exodus, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about some of the themes that we're going to encounter uh, as we study together these next few months. The word Exodus means a going out. It means a departure, and that's appropriate because it's the book of Exodus. It, well, it tells the story of how God is going to lead the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt into the wilderness and on their way to the land that God promised to Abraham. He promised that in the book of Genesis, which means then that Exodus is just a continuation of the book of Genesis. Or as I heard someone say one time, if Genesis tells the story of a new creation, Exodus tells the story of the birth of a nation. Now, my guess is that in a room this size, there are some of us, maybe many of us, that are familiar, at least to some degree, with the book of Exodus. If you grew up around the church, if you've been in church for a while now, you know something of Exodus. Others have never read it before, and if you've never read it before, that's okay, because even if you haven't read the book of Exodus, there's a really good chance that you're going to recognize some of these different stories and people and events that we're going to talk about these next few months, because next to the life of Jesus... No story has captured the minds of filmmakers and storytellers quite like Exodus. 
Uh, Tim Chester, in his book, Exodus for You, uh, describes Exodus this way. He's, it's got an epic sort of feel to it. In the intro of his book, he says, uh, A princess goes to bathe in the river and has her heart won by the cries of an abandoned baby. A bush on fire never burns up, and from it speaks a voice that will change history. An unarmed shepherd walks out of the wilderness to do battle with the most powerful man on earth. The people of Egypt turn back their sheets to find frogs in their bed. The lone cry of a bereaved mother is joined by another and then another and then another until a loud wailing echoes across the land. A whole nation walks through a sea with walls of water on either side. God is put on trial, and when the verdict is announced, God receives the judgment of the court. Amid thunder, lightning, thick cloud, and an earthquake, the voice of God booms across the plain. In the wilderness, a man argues with God about the future of a people, and God relents. The glory of God so fills a tent that everyone must evacuate. He says there is no shortage of dramatic moments in the book of Exodus. And that's just a small taste of the book of Exodus. And just to give you an idea of some of the important details surrounding the book, scholars date the book of Exodus between 1440 and 1260 BC. And so that's over 3,000 years ago. According to tradition, and really kind of widely accepted by most biblical scholars, Exodus was written by Moses. In fact, on several occasions through the book of Exodus, you're going to read some version of the phrase that the Lord told Moses to write these things down. And again, is repeated evidence for us of the role, the significant role that Moses played. And even Jesus affirmed Moses' role and involvement with the writings. And so for the next few months, we're going to teach through uh, different parts of this story. But in order for you to get as much out of it as possible, I want to encourage you to follow along on your own, to read Exodus for yourself. And so today, uh, we have these bookmark-like cards that have a reading plan on the back side. And so we'd invite you to take one of these. They're on the table in the back. We also have them out in the lobby as well. And so there's a reading plan that just simply follows along what we're going to talk about or the chapters that we're going to focus on on any given Sunday morning. And so next week, we're going to study Exodus 1 and 2 together. And so I'd encourage you or invite you this week to do some study of your own and to read through Exodus 1 and 2, and again, so that we can get the most out of it. And many of our connection groups are going to be following along with their own study. And so those reading plans are available, but here's what we're going to see. And as we read and as we study together these next few months, I want to give you just a series of themes or just some words that are going to describe for you things that we're going to encounter in the book of Exodus. Because here's what the book of Exodus is about. First and foremost, ultimately, it's a story about God. Moses often gets credit for being the hero in the book of Exodus but make no mistake, God is, uh, God is the hero in the book of Exodus. And this book is going to help us. It's going to help you and me get to know and understand him better. It's God will discover who hears the cries of his people in bondage and takes pity on their suffering. It's God that raises up a deliverer in Moses and, and reveals himself to him as the great I am. It's God that will bring the plagues uh, against Egypt, and, and he's going to be the one to lead his people out of Egypt and through the sea. It's God who will provide bread from heaven and water from the rock, and it's 
God who gave the covenant law to the Israelites and filled the tabernacle with his glory. And so from beginning to end, Exodus is a story about God. But surprisingly, it's also a story about Jesus. Um, I, I heard someone say one time that Jesus lived out his life on the pages of the Exodus account. And here's why. Think about it. Like Moses, Jesus was born during a, a period of great genocide. And because of it, Jesus and his family were forced to escape to Egypt. And as God led his people out of Egypt in Exodus, it's God who will bring Jesus and his family also out of Egypt when he was a child. As, as God brought his people through the waters of the Red Sea and eventually the Jordan River, Jesus went out uh, or went into and out of the waters of the Jordan. It's God's people who spent 40 years in the wilderness. Jesus will spend 40 days, significant days in the wilderness. And Moses is going to go to the top of Mount Sinai to receive the law. And isn't it interesting that in Matthew's chapter 5, 6, and 7, Jesus went up to another mountain and gave us what we know today is the Sermon on the Mount. And so Exodus helps us better understand who God is, and at the same time also helps us better understand Jesus and his role and also the story of salvation. Because some have said that Exodus is the gospel of the Old Testament. That it's a continuation of God's redemption, his work of redemption and salvation. In Exodus, we learn that God saved his people from a life of slavery and bondage. And now we know that through faith in Jesus Christ, that God desires to save each of us from slavery to sin and life and freedom in him. In Exodus, we're going to see how the people's lives were spared by the Passover lamb. And it's no coincidence then in the New Testament that we read and we learn more about how Jesus came as the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. Kind of fun side note here. In March, Dr. Cindy Parker, some of you remember her being here for our Going Deeper in the Past. She's going to be here with us on a Sunday morning when we talk about Passover from the book of Exodus perspective. And then she's going to stay that Sunday night for our next Going Deeper event and talk about Passover from the perspective of Jesus. And that will be leading us up to Easter. And so I love the timing of that for us. And so we're going to encounter more of God and Jesus and salvation but also we're going to learn more about mission. Uh, Exodus can help us better understand our mission because we can better understand God's mission. And this might surprise you, but God's mission didn't begin with the birth of Jesus. Uh, his mission began well before that, way back even to the Garden of Eden after sin entered the scene. And, and that mission of redemption and salvation is front and center from the beginning to end of the book of Exodus as we see a God who is concerned about the spiritual deliverance of his people, but we're also going to see his concern for things like physical injustice. We're going to be reminded of a God who cares about the needs of the poor and the hurting. We're going to see and be reminded that, that for God, every life, including the life of the unborn, matters deeply to him. That he's a God who is disgusted with things like racism and hatred and manipulation and abuse. That he is a kind and compassionate God and he hears the cries and the prayers of the hurting. And in the same way, we as followers of Jesus, our role as a church like should come from the things that we see in God, that we should care about the things that God cares about. And so, yes, we should care and be very passionate about people who are far from God, while at the same time finding ways to serve and give and bless those who are struggling. Like We should care about and find ways to stand with those who can't stand for themselves. 
Exodus also has plenty of lessons to teach us about life, the life that we live on a daily basis, no matter your age. If we'll study and listen to it, God can use it to teach us about things like obedience. He'll remind us that he can use the weak and and ordinary people, people like you and me, for his purposes. And so it's also going to remind us about the importance of worship and who we ultimately worship when we come together in all of our life for the matter. There's the importance of community in there and, and how to depend and rely on God each day. And finally, it's also a story about identity. And I think this is especially important because the journey that we're going to undertake these next few months has the potential to teach us a lot about our identity, who we are, who he is, why we're here, and what it means to live faithfully for him in this world. Because I don't know about you, but I need those kinds of reminders. I need that kind of guidance. You know, this world is a crazy, mixed-up, influential sort of place. And if we get lazy, I mean, if we let it, if we get lazy, if we're not careful, the danger is that we'll just blend in and look like everybody else. But we're called to something else. Every single one of us, as followers of Jesus, we are called to something greater, to a higher purpose. As followers of Jesus, we live for him in this world. And, and Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 and 7 are going to kind of serve as key verses for us. I want to show you those uh, quickly here before we end. But these are kind of key passages that we're going to look at as we go along. Let me just read them for you. Exodus chapter 6 and uh, verse 6. Listen to what God says. He says, Therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. And then this, I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God, and then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Those words, I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Hence the title of our series, The People of God. See, if your faith is in Jesus Christ, if he's redeemed your life, if you've put your trust in him, you belong to him first and foremost above anything else. We, we belong to him as Christians. We belong to him as a church. We find our identity in him as the people, as the children of God. And if I could just be candid with you for just a moment, like many of you, I've been anticipating 2024 for just a while now. And I know that I don't need to tell you that there's a lot going on in our world, there's a lot going on in our country, and certainly there's a lot going on in our lives. And once again, I think even this next election season is going to stretch and it's going to challenge all of us in so many different ways. And the evil one is going to try and bring greater division in our country, in our communities, in our families, and if we let him, even in our church. Genesis, we belong to the Lord, first and foremost, before anything else. Our allegiance is to him 
and to no one else before anything else because he's the one who saved us and he's the one who redeemed us and he gets to say how we live our lives and what we ultimately do for him. And that's why this last number is extremely important too. It's the number 36. And you guessed it, in 2023, 36 people went public with their faith and were baptized as a way of declaring their intent to find their identity in Jesus and to follow him in this world. And when your mission as a church is helping people find their way back to God, you better believe we get excited about a number like this. Like this number represents 36 kids and students and adults who have found freedom in Jesus Christ and have been set free from sin. But can I tell you something? And I think many of you are with me on this. I want to see this number grow. I want to see even more people coming to Jesus, growing in Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want to see the Lord increase my passion for people, people in my lives, people in my neighborhood, people in in our community who have not yet put their faith in the Lord like I want him to do for others what he's done for me. And I think you do too. You've demonstrated that. And so we all have a part to play. I mean, it's one thing to say Genesis, but we got to remind that Genesis is made up of people. It's people like you and me. Like we are the hands and feet of Jesus in this world and in this community. And he wants to use you. He wants to use you to reach your friends. He wants to use you to reach your family, for people in your life, neighbors and coworkers who have not yet put their faith in Jesus. And so let's end there. Bow your heads with me. I want to pray from that place this morning. And we've done this here before and So this won't be a difficult exercise for some of you. For others of you, you might need to spend some time thinking about this, even praying and asking God for this. But who's one person in your life right now? One person that you love, one person that God has put into your life, into your sphere of influence, and they don't yet know Jesus. They, they haven't put their faith in him. It, it, could be, it could be somebody that maybe has given up on Jesus or given up on the church, somebody that's lost, somebody that really doesn't know where to turn right now. Would you just pray for them by name this morning? That God would speak to their heart, that They would find in Jesus what they have not been able to find in other things. That they would know the power of his love and forgiveness and healing. And then would you pray, and I know this is where it gets hard, but would you pray that God would use you? that he might use your time at work, your time at school, your time in the neighborhood, that God would use you to help them see Jesus. Let's pray that the Lord will increase in each of us a passion and a desire to see even more people find the Lord. 
Let's pray that God would help us to see and find our identity ultimately in him. And that through our identity, we'll, we'll know how to live and respond and care and love and discern. And then two more things. Let me ask you to pray this. If, if your faith is in Jesus Christ, will you pray that God will use these next few months in this study of Exodus to help you grow in your faith? Again, the understanding of your identity, your faith and trust in him. Pray that for our church. And if you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, well, first I want you to know that you're welcome here. This is a good place to be. But would you pray that the Lord would use the next few months to open up your eyes to see and your heart to respond to him? Because he loves you deeply. And he wants to show you a freedom that only he can give. God, we come to you this morning with both thanksgiving, but also anticipation. We're trusting you for more, more in our lives, and more for your glory, because it's all for you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.